This is the Starting Why Podcast. Here we ask entrepreneurs, actors, investors, innovative, and artists on the why. Why they are doing what they are doing, what motivates and drives them, and why can't they stop. We will start in five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to Starting Why. This is Michelle, your co-host. Today, we are going to talk about why we started the Dope C. We have Olienka with us, as well as Vance. Hello. Hello. Hi, Michelle. Hi. So, Olienka is the president of the Dope C, and Ren and I are director. I'm an artist there, so I'm really, really excited. So, let's talk about the Dope C. Olienka, what is the vision of the Dope C? Okay, well... I just want to say thank you very much for inviting us here to talk about the Dope C. We are a nonprofit organization with the vision to bring people together to celebrate the ocean and the mystery under the sea. I really think that's really important for us to do as one of our collection is focused on right now the mermaid. We feel the mermaid is mysterious. They are creatures of the sea that anyone and everyone has heard about. And, you know, we feel that we should pay homage to them as part of our first collection for the dope sea. That's right. We're saving the planet or the ocean one mermaid at a time. What about the ocean anyways? I'm serious. I mean, it's about the art's amazing. The community and the people that are helping build this are just like the coolest people. I really believe, I believe we are going to be able to have a real impact by contributing to saving the ocean, right? And, and it's a big problem right now. I mean, it's not a little thing. The, our ability to have an impact won't be realized for a while. But once we're there, I mean, the opportunities are almost endless. I mean, I'm looking at seven different ocean-saving nonprofits right now. A lot of them actually revolve around art. They call it art activism or arctivism. And I think what we're doing fits right in there. And what's interesting is I don't think we're competing. I think, if anything, we're supporting those functions and adding value. And I personally am really, really, really excited about being a part of it. I'm excited too. I think mermaids have magical power and they basically guard the sea and they are pretty. So true. And have shiny tails. So I'm excited. I, I, get, I get really excited making them as NLT. Like I wanted to own them, which is super weird because as an artist, like, you know, like sometimes when you draw stuff and you kind of fall in love with what you make, not from a narcissistic point perspective, but more of like, oh my gosh, I want this. And I think that's a whole movement of, you know, something called NFT, non-fungible token. What is a non-fungible token? You want to know? You want me yeah. to answer? Okay. Yes. <laughs> I'll give you my layman's description of what I would describe an NFT to like anybody in my household. Non-fungible token is kind of a weird term because I, I mean, I don't like term. To give you some concept, it's, and I actually learned this recently in a Clubhouse interview. I think the very first NFT, it wasn't called NFTs. I'm not even sure what it was called, but the very first NFT was back when they were assigning names to Ethereum contracts. And and when they, I think they realize you can assign a name to a contract, you essentially can assign a, a link to a contract and that contract owns that link or the content that that link points to. That's essentially what an NFT is, is it's you're taking a piece of digital content and you're minting it into the blockchain. And at that point, it becomes sellable. That's how I describe it. 
Yeah. And through that minting, you basically certify that the digital assets is unique mm-hmm. and therefore it's not interchangeable. That means you can't change it for another art of what you deem to be similar value. There's a value that's attached to it, but it's really subjective. It's based on what that artist feels the value is, as well as when you, after you purchase it, it's what the rest of the art community feels that value is not worth on the secondary market. So Cyber Mermaid and the Gold Sea is really about the ocean and everything under it. How do you think that will bring awareness? Do you think that we will, as a community, bring awareness because we talk about the ocean? Or do you think that, you know, saying no to straws is enough? Do you think that it consciously helps people become more aware of how beautiful the ocean is? And therefore, as a society, as a planet, we should protect it. Your ultimate vision as president in raising awareness about the sea. Yeah, so I would say all of the above, right? We know that the NFT community is very big on rounding behind a cause. And so far, there's been so many different causes and actions that have been taken because of the NFT community. And one thing that we strongly believe in is by, you know, having so many in the community be involved in this particular project, because our vision is to basically create a really, really, really dope seat, right? And what that means is that there's going to be so many different creatures. We're starting right now with mermaids, but as we go down the line and add more collections to the dope sea, we're going to see manatees, we're going to see, you know, hammerhead whales and sharks and all these things. And it's just going to bring so many different creativity and opportunity for different artists to be involved and for the rest of the world to see the creation of how we put this sea atmosphere or environment together with all these artistic individuals being involved in this. With that, it will definitely raise awareness. We'll definitely raise the awareness around different causes that are uh, meant to save the ocean, right? As well as the creatures that are within the ocean. There's so many different, what is it, uh, shows out there. I think a, a few on Netflix that basically are shining the light on how we, as part of the ecosystem, is affecting you know, our ocean and what's going on down there and the things that we eat and the consumptions of food or the seafoods that we're um, currently going through is causing like a shift in the ecosystem. So hoping that, you know, our project in this will definitely raise a lot of awareness and get people talking, get people involved and motivated to make a change. Sounds awesome. Super dope. You know, it is. And I'm like, I can't wait to see all the moray eels and the sea urchins, maybe even do a a series on sea slugs or, you know, other ocean related things. But the opportunity to develop these, you know, the art for those projects is super fun. And the best part about it is it actually is doing good for the world. And, you know, it's just a rad project. Very stoked to be here. How is the community organizing around these different projects? And I understand that the OPC is intended to be a nonprofit. So how do we build community? That's a great question. I mean, the physical act of actually building a community, it's going to come from a bunch of different places. Mostly it's going to be artists. And right now there's a huge movement in the art world to basically collaborate with other artists in ways that they've never been able to do before. 
and it's just starting. It's super early in that process. And it's already catching like wildfire. It's just, it's spreading. I mean, every day that I, I spend time in places like Clubhouse, it's super apparent. There's so many people, there's so many, art. I mean, and, oh, I mean, just yesterday I was in a Clubhouse room and, and someone that I had met, actually someone that met a friend of mine on an airplane happened to mention that they were a digital artist, that they did 3D art and shared their profile with them on their phone. And, uh, and so he mentioned what we were doing in our project. Uh, my friend mentioned to the artist what we were doing in our project. And, and the artist found us in our club room in our very first meeting and hung out for like an hour. And all we did was just talk about art and like we're going to be doing with it and what you can do with it. And it's not just the, the technology and the fun that we can have, you know, building the platform and all that, but the good that it can do. And I don't know, to me, it seems like this entire movement is about to absolutely explode. Everything that Brent says, I 100% agree. I mean, (laughs) I don't know what else I could add to that. But yeah, there's definitely people who are interested. So, you know, we use Clubhouse to raise awareness about our project. And we're very active on Clubhouse. And, you know, even within Clubhouse, there's like already an NFT community. And so at any given time, we'll go up there and just, you know, talk about our project. And a lot of people just want to hear your stories. They want to hear what the art means to you and what you're trying to do to benefit this space. Because it's all about, you know, benefiting the community as a whole. And so we feel that this project of ours is definitely going to do a lot more than that. It's going to raise awareness to not only the community and the efforts and projects that could come out of this, but also how cool we are as a community (laughs) that we're all coming together for a really good cause. Where can people find the Cyber Mermaids now? I think they're on OpenSea. They're on OpenSea. Yes, Cyber Mermaids are on OpenSea. If you just go into the search button and just type in Cyber Mermaids, that's plural, and it will come up. You'll see some of our collection. Not all of the collection is available. And we're looking for artists to help us. We're looking to scale our mermaids. So if you're interested in joining this project, we definitely will welcome you into the group. Awesome. And there's always purpose, right? There's community. And then there's, you know, we spoke a little bit about the vision. There's the purpose. So in about 10 years, what kind of changes do you want to see in the world for this planet and the next generations to come? Oh my God, that is such a great question. I mentioned earlier about the ecosystem and making mm-hmm. sure that it's intact, right? Over the years, we've done a lot of stuff as humans to basically affect our environment with the ozone layer. I, I was I'm old enough <laughs> to remember. <laughs> the whole movement around the saving the ozone layer, right? And then we go into like the whales, right? Because of the pollutants in the sea and now it's like um, plastic, right? There's so many things. And I feel like Mother Earth is like literally telling us on a daily basis that we need to do more. We need to do more to save this planet, right? And Mm -hmm. us going to another planet to look for the potential to live there it just kind of disregards what we are, the beauty of what we already have here. I support, you know, trying to find if there's other living life out there, but I also support wholeheartedly that where we are currently, where we currently live is very important. And it's our mission to make sure that we do whatever we can to make sure Earth is intact and 
kind of a little bit deviating from what I was about to say, but you know, with COVID, we all got to see how much of a huge difference that made when people stayed home and worked from home as opposed to being outside. What was it in Venice, right? The water cleared up. I mean, that the water was just cleared up. The smog in China yes. was gone. They're exactly. All that you know, it's funny listening to you kind of talk about where you see the future going. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? We should do a series on space mermaids. Absolutely. That should happen. And that and for, should happen. I support that. <laughs> I, think, I think we're doing it. But so here's another sort of maybe even, believe it or not, if it's possible, maybe a slightly bigger picture vision of what maybe the impact that we have. So there has been, you know, environmental nonprofits out there trying to save the world and do good for animals. And nonprofits are out there and they're trying to do good. They're doing it the old way. You know, they're hitting the streets and they're raising funds and they're doing events and raising funds through the events and all that good stuff. That won't go away. But there's a, a new game in town for nonprofits, in my opinion, and I think NFTs is it. And I think we're doing, I think we're modeling for all the other nonprofits out there that are trying to do good for the world. We're modeling a new way to accelerate that process. And in my head, that's the best thing that we can do for the world right now is model how we should be behaving and how we can do it more efficiently. I so agree with Brent. I mean, I should just have him talk, right? <laughs> he says everything that I want to say. <laughs> yeah, that's why we're, we're a great team. <laughs> because of this. That I, love is my, so true. I love our team. <laughs> yeah, we had such a great time working together. And that's, you know, we're looking for people who could fit into our vibe, right? People who like to have a good time who are chill. We don't like any stress. We, we're all about just working towards this cause and making things happen. Yeah, have fun at the same time. Have fun at the same time, of course, of course. And in terms of adopsy, which, like, are there any stories of any creatures, sea creatures that are going to be extinct anytime soon? And you know, I guess, in other words, are we concerned about extinction of certain parts of the ocean? Like, I've actually been to a lot of the sea or the ocean, been to a lot of places that involve the sea. And one example is the Great Bear Reef, right? Because, you know, when I was there decades ago, and I guess I'm not that old, it seems to be not doing that well. And I can imagine that now it might have gotten worse. And so when you live near, you know, the Great Bear Reef, like Cairns and, and near there, you know, we humans basically dive around and we see the ocean like close up, right? Because, you know, there's diving or taxi divers and all that. So, and so you look at, you know, the, the plants there, the corals there, and the state of it isn't really optimal. And of course, when I go to, you know, Bora Bora, and the water is like super clear, and you feel like you're surrounded by an aquarium, you do see some fish there. But I think, you know, all around the world, though, that landscape has changed. How do you think that we can celebrate the sea so that people treasure and find it precious. That's such a great question, but go ahead, Brent. Yeah, it's so good. So, you know, the entire time you were saying that, asking that question, 
in my head, I'm like, I remember scuba diving in Laguna Beach where I, I got my yeah. scuba diving certificate, whatever. And this is when I was in high school. And I remember being in the sea celts and being a little nervous because I couldn't see any life. I mean, there was some life there, but it was like, there's so much kelp. It should be teeming with fish. And, and it wasn't. And then it started making me think about Long Beach and how they have, I, there were days when I was growing up, you couldn't go to the beach because there was a sewage spill. And then it started making me think about how that was really a local problem. And it was dealt with by the local government, by the locals themselves who would rally around a solution. And so somewhere in, in the back of my head, I'm thinking we can support those local efforts. It has to be done locally because I think something like this managed globally is it's a nice idea. I don't think it's practical. You know, a good start would be maybe supporting like turtles in Hawaii or someplace where turtles used to be, aren't anymore, aren't as abundant as they used to be and supporting the organization that's trying to do that. Finding out who those people are and getting them involved in the project. I think that's how we can do this. I don't know if I'm answering the actual question, but I just think it's such a good idea yeah. to kind of try and focus it locally. And it doesn't have to be one local place. We do this place for this launch, for this Space Mermaids, we'll do, <laughs> we'll do Florida near the, uh, the launch pad. For the turtle section, we'll do, you know, maybe Hawaii and so on and so forth. And you know what? Here's a really wonderful vision. What if we can get this project to a place where we can go on location yeah. and do these things, you know, run an event? Do a drop, I, you know. Yeah, I pick trash near in San Francisco near the ocean, and there's just a bunch of like glasses by the beach and cigarettes and gold. <laughs> so, Remnants of things that people that don't care about or people don't recognize the impact that they have that they're leaving all over the place. Now being conscious of that though, like imagine that you're basically having a picnic in the ocean by the beach. And you basically have, you know, your little food, you know, drinks and glasses and, you know, say that you broke the glass, you know, like jar. Think of all the children that could have stepped on it. Think of how it could be swept into the ocean and how it could hurt the life there. I guess just that one minute of awareness would, you know, help. And how long does it, well, how much effort does it really take to actually pick up your trash anyways, right? Like, I have no idea. It just seems to be so easy for me. Like, you just basically, that one minute, say, hey, you know, the, we left this behind, so let's put this in the bag or, you know, something, and then just kind of throw it into the trash. That's it. Simple, right? Very simple. And, like, I agree with both of you. Raising awareness is very important. I know as humans, we tend to just take a lot of things for granted, Right. And you were mentioning the coral reef earlier, and I bet you a lot of people didn't know that the coral reef is a sea animal. It's actually considered a sea animal. Mm -hmm. And the benefits that they provide to the ocean, right? Right now, because of commercial fishing, it's really affecting environments. And so they're part of the endangered species in the sea. And there's several different others. There's even like, what is it? Penguins, you know? <laughs> There's a certain, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to have penguins as part of our collection. And that's what we're going to do. We're, our collection is going to represent everything within the sea. And that's why we think the sea is so dope. And that's why we're calling it the dope sea. So it's going to represent everything in the sea. And we're also going to pay homage to both endangered and those that are on the extinction list or potential to be extinct. So we're going to do that. And those are going to be like the rare type of collections, right? 
And so by doing that, we're hoping to raise awareness to them, the importance of them and what they mean for, there's that word again, the ecosystem and how everything is a circle. It's kind of like a circle of life, right? And all of the animals within the sea, they all connect in some way, you know, in some form. And then not leaving us out, we also connect to it as well. So it's important to showcase and raise awareness, you know, so that this generation and the next generation can understand the importance of the sea. Yep, I dig it. The connection that we have to the sea is so multifaceted from enjoying the beauty of it and, you know, just the optics, you know, being able to swim in a clean ocean or clean lake even. But those things, that's a connection. And then another one is it's also a food source. And so there's a sustainable component to this whole project. And I could see us, you know, I mean, there's so many places we can go. And it's a little premature to be talking about that in this show. But I could see us doing something on fishing. I could see us getting involved with anti-whaling organizations. I could see when we think about the impact that we can have, it's literally endless. There's no place we can't go. (laughs) So we got a lot of work ahead of us. And, And the good news is it's fun work. It's visually pleasing. It's socially entertaining and it does good. You know, for me, this is like my new favorite hobby. This is what I want to do. If I could do this all day, every day, this is what I would be doing. That is so awesome. Me too. I love making mermaids and making art for the ocean. So my next question actually bridges to the sustainable development goals by the UN. So I can see that number six is clean water and sanitation and number 14 is life below water. And I thought that's super awesome because, you know, our vision aligns with the UN Sustainable Development Goals. What are your thoughts about that? That's actually awesome. It's funny because we didn't go out seeking to align with anything. We just wanted to do what we wanted to do. And knowing that, you know, there's already something that we align with, I think that's awesome. It just means that we're, you know, flowing in the right path with the universe, right? And I just want to throw a little joke in there or something a little funny. When Brent was talking, I was shaking my head, but I was also had this inclination to like tap my mic. <laughs> like Clubhouse. So, you know, I've been on Clubhouse way too much because I just wanted to tap my mic. <laughs> I've been doing that this entire time. I swear. <laughs> That's so funny. I've literally been doing that too. Yeah. So follow us on Clubhouse. We're on Clubhouse as Cyber Mermaid. That's plural, Cyber Mermaids, and our website as well. And we definitely look forward to, you know, connecting with all kinds of artists out there and individuals that want to help us with this cause. Thank you. So you can go to Linktree slash the dope C to find us. Thank you, Brent and Elianka. You're welcome, Michelle. <laughs> this was we're fun. Just, this was awesome. We, this we is fun. Yeah, we're just coming making, back. We're just practicing our clubhouse voices, you know, <laughs> because, because this is why the starting why is so funny. It's like when you're on clubhouse, you know, you, sometimes people introduce themselves a lot. Hi, my name's Michelle. <laughs> yes. Or, my name's Michelle. I'm done speaking. Or this is Michelle. I'm complete. <laughs> Oh my God, I had to hold myself back from saying that. <laughs> and we are the dope C and we are complete. The dope, dope, dope C. And then we'll have a song about that too, for sure. Because Brent is writing that song. <laughs> <laughs> the, the dope C and we are complete. Dope C completes me. I'm just saying. 
It completes me too. I'm not going to talk about sushi. No, not sushi. <laughs> Sustainable sushi is okay. Oh my gosh, bento boxes. That's what it's going to be next. You know what's funny about that show, that bento box show we went to? What? The host, you know, he's an impressive guy. Obviously, he's got a following. He's been the CEO of large companies and has accomplished a lot. And yeah. this is kind of his hobby, right? Which is awesome. I mean, it's actually a really cool project. It but, makes me hungry. <laughs> it, it does, yeah, I know. Talking about it makes you hungry. But it was funny, like in the show, talking about the mic tapping thing, like people would say stuff that resonated with me. And so I'm tapping my mic. And the CEO guy, the guy running the club room, he thought I was trying to get his attention. He's like, no, I, I've seen that you've been tapping your mic. Uh, would you like to say something? <laughs> 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 and I, I didn't have the heart to tell him what that meant. But you maybe I should him that, that we're from the joke C and that he's not supposed to eat fish. <laughs> I didn't tell him that. I wanted to. I was thinking it. No. We should do a I, collaboration I, with him. It'll be funny. Bento boxes and a dope sea. That's a perfect combination. It's a pretty good combination because what do you think mermaids eat? I don't know. They don't eat hermit crabs. I've seen that in a movie somewhere. They're friends with the hermit crabs, but they've got to eat something. Maybe they eat octopus. Something because they're magical. Oh. They absorb their energy from Zeus's thing. Whatever you call that. Try to particles from the sea, maybe. Plankton. They're like whales. What should be some research on that? Because I don't think any one of us know the answer to it. You know, it's so funny. I, yesterday is... I was researching mermaids and came across I wasn't looking for this, but I came across like an article that tried to answer the question that somebody asked, which was, How do mermaids reproduce? And <laughs> 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 and they went into this like really long biological discussion of relating it to exactly how fish do it. So they lay eggs and then, and then the male mermaid comes and fertilizes them. And then it talks about other things. Anyways, it was really funny. I, mean, I can't believe I'm reading this. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we should consider doing an adult swim on mermaid reproduction. Okay, let's do more research on the mermaid so that we can talk about it more intelligently next time. All right, cool. All right, homework has been given. Homework? Uh, for anyone who's listening to this episode, if you have any idea about what mermaids eat and how they reproduce, please provide a comment below and we'll check it. Thank you. Thank you, Olyanka and Brent. You're welcome. Thank you for having us, Michelle. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. See you guys.